Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yes, that's me. Good morning. It is Friday, thank God. February 9th, your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mix of sun and clouds today, high 53. And then the weekend, pretty nice. Saturday, cloudy, high 55. And then Sunday, clouds in the morning, sunshine in the afternoon, high 51. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 38 and cloudy in Bronxville up in Westchester County. It is 39 and cloudy in Belleville down in New Jersey. And it's 40 and partly cloudy here in Midtown. A whole lot to get to. As we work our way up, 6 o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. It has been just an incredibly busy news week, whether it is the migrant mess here in the city, the presidential race with Biden and Donald Trump, uh, the Super Bowl this weekend and everything that surrounds it. And then last night, you had another shooting in Times Square. This one, a tourist shot in the leg at a sporting goods store. This was a young shoplifter who opened fire uh, after they tried to stop this group of shoplifters who were trying to walk out of a store called J.D. Sports on West 42nd Street with stolen goods. So this is how it uh, broke down. This was about 7.15 last night. These four men, all believed to be migrants, by the way, were at this store. They were trying to walk out with items they had stolen. A security card tried to grab their bag of stolen merchandise away from them. One of these migrants pulled out a gun and fired off a shot. It missed the security guard, but it hit a 37-year-old Brazilian woman, a tourist who was inside the store. Uh, thank God uh, she was not seriously hurt. She's going to be okay. Lots of eyewitnesses. And we heard a pop back there. Um, and then probably 100, 150 police officers started running up the street, tons of cop cars. We saw um, dogs sniffing around. Uh, the cops had a sandal that the dog was smelling and they were trying to say, hey, go go find the smell. The security guard rushed to the tourist aid. She was taken to Bellevue, stable condition. Two of the men, including the gunman, bolted from the store. A third stayed behind. Cops patrolling the area quickly captured one of them, a 15-year-old boy who is living at the Stewart Hotel, which is one of the hotels that's been turned into a migrant shelter. They caught up with a second person who was involved in the shoplifting, also someone who lives in a migrant shelter. But the gunman, the guy who fired off the shot, who's believed to be anywhere between 15 and 20 years old, he raced away from the scene. He was wearing a white jacket and sandals. He ripped them off, run down the staircase of the subway, and he got away. Here was the NYPD last night. At this point, we have numerous resources scouring this area looking for that male. The other person was brought back to the precinct, but he is there right now. 
So we're looking for one male. He is your shooter. He shot at our cops not once but twice. And also shot an innocent female one time in the leg. Yeah, so he got away. The brazen robbery comes just two days after three migrants allegedly tried to use a woman's stolen credit card at the very same Midtown clothing store. And then we had more information on that attack. The migrants that attacked two NYPD cops now two weeks ago, Times Square, right in the exact same area, 42nd Street. Seven people now indicted in that attack on the cops in Times Square. Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg says they include the five arrested last week. The five who have had their charges unsealed, all face felony charges. Four face a top charge of assault in the second degree. Uh, One faces a top charge of tampering with physical evidence. So one is in custody in Rikers Island from day one. As you might remember, they let some of the others go. So Bragg says the names of the two others remain unsealed. Uh, Photos of them have been released, uh, but they have not been able to find them yet. A grand jury has returned an indictment on seven individuals for their roles in assault on two police officers in Times Square on January 27th. So Bragg says he's confident that all of these people will be brought forward. Based on our thorough investigation, I stand here today confident uh, that we have identified the roles of every person who broke the law uh, and participated in this heinous attack. Uh, we do not have any evidence, uh, you know, sniffing of, of flight has, has been reported. Yes, so there was one story that some of these migrants who were involved in this attack had boarded a bus to California. Mayor Adams again condemning this attack on these two officers who were trying to break up a fight in Times Square. When these migrants jumped them, one of the officers suffered minor injuries. Uh, This was a despicable act. Uh, It was not only an attack on the individuals who wore the police uniform, but it was an attack on our symbol of justice. WABC News Time 505. Let's go down to D.C. President Biden will not face criminal charges related to the documents that were found at his home. White House correspondent Mike Mamoli says both the president's White House counsel and personal attorney say that the president cooperated with the special counsel and uh, they're happy with the way this report came out. Nevertheless, the most important decision the special counsel made that no charges are warranted is firmly based on the facts and the evidence. So the special counsel investigating President Biden concluded Biden willfully retained and disclosed classified military and national security documents. He won't face charges. The investigation focused on documents related to Biden's time as vice president. Members of Biden's legal team found classified papers at the office of Biden's Washington think tank at his home in Wilmington, Delaware. The report claims, however, Biden's practices present serious risks to national security and also added that the president portrayed himself as he spoke with these investigators as an elderly man with poor memory. Uh, so <laughs> that was part of this story that got bigger as the night wore on. President Biden plans to take new substantive action to help prevent such mistakes in the future. Yeah, okay. So there's a lot more to the story. We're going to get into it in just a moment. The president speaking out last night at a raucous press conference where reporters were asking him about why he's running, if his memory's bad. WABC News Time 509. So the special counsel's report on President Biden's handling of classified documents where they're not going to file any charges, but they were questioning the president's mental fitness or everybody weighing in on this, of course, including the president. Let's start with the Republicans. Texas Republican Congressman Pat Fallon says this report is troubling about the president's mental fitness. I'm really alarmed because the fate of humanity 
rest uh, upon the job that the person that holds this office does. And Joe Biden is clearly incapable of it. Yeah, investigators in this report describe Biden as an elderly man with a poor memory. Certain memories are seared into your mind if you're healthy. And that is like when, unfortunately, your son dies. You know the year. You know when you served as vice president of the United States. So last night, the president wanted to take control of the narrative of this report. So he held a hastily put together press conference at the White House, calling out the special counsel investigated how he handled those classified documents. I've seen the headlines since the report was released about my willful retention of documents. This, these assertions are not only misleading, they're just plain wrong. Yeah, the president pushing back, saying he gave uh, investigators hours of his time right at the same time that the attack took place, Hamas attack in Israel back on October 7th and 8th, gave them like five hours of time. He also pushed back on how his age might not make him a top choice to defeat former President Trump in this year's election. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. And Biden telling reporters last night he's still the best choice to defeat former President Trump in November. I'm the most qualified person in this country to be president of the United States and finish the job I started. Yeah, he was uh, pretty angry last night. If you saw that press conference, it was right about 8 o'clock. Lasted about 15 minutes until he walked away. Uh, reporters yelling all kinds of questions about whether he's too old, whether his memory's not good. Uh, Biden facing questions about his age after confusing European leaders with their dead predecessors. This is just over the last week. It happens to all of us, and it is common. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre dismissing the incidents, claiming many elected officials misspeak at times. Biden on Wednesday twice referred to the late German Chancellor Helmut Kohl instead of former Chancellor Angela Merkel while detailing a 2021 conversation at a campaign event. And then earlier this week, Biden confused François Mitterrand, the former French president who died in 1996, for French President Emmanuel Macron while retelling about a story that he uh, had a meeting he had with the French president. Elected officials, many people, you know, they can misspeak sometimes. Yeah, but then last night he did the same thing. The president confusing the president of Egypt with the president of Mexico during that press conference last Last night. All right. So we move on from Joe Biden to Donald Trump. I'm already exhausted in the election season. really not even fully underway. Former President Trump reacting to the hearing before the Supreme Court about a group of Colorado voters who want to remove his name from the ballot in that state's Republican primary. Well, I'm a believer in our country and I'm a believer in the Supreme Court. Uh, I listened today and I thought our arguments were very very strong. Yeah, Trump says he thought the case was well received by the nation's highest court. Most pundits who watched this felt the same way. Colorado Supreme Court previously sided with Colorado voters who sued to remove Trump's name, claiming he's ineligible to run under the 14th Amendment due to his alleged actions on January 6, 2021. But he was not found guilty of anything. The justice is expected to rule ahead of Super Tuesday, which is March 5th. Can you take the person that's leading everywhere and say, hey, we're not going to let you run. You know, I think that's pretty tough to do, but uh, I'm leaving it up to the Supreme Court. It's unfortunate that we have to go through a thing like that. I consider it to be more election interference by the Democrats. That's what they're doing. Yeah, Trump telling reporters yesterday that all the court cases against him just have to stop. We're not a respected country anymore. We're laughed at all over the world. They're laughing at us. Very beautiful process. I hope that democracy in this country will continue. 
513. Let's go down to Texas. Governor of Texas wants more boots on the ground to protect the border with Mexico against a surge of illegal immigration. I'm working with the National Guard on plans as we speak right now to expand the National Guard effort along the border region. Governor Greg Abbott pointing to a riverbank park that was a former hotspot for illegal immigration. Once it was taken over by the state, by the governor, crossings plummeted. And he says drownings are on the decline. Those extra guardsmen, he says, will be able to string more razor wire as a deterrent as well. We will also work with the National Guard to continue their strategies of adding more miles of razor wire an anti-climb barrier. You know, this is an Eagle Pass where points there were thousands of people crossing the border. Now it's in the single digits. And the governor says he's figured out a way to slow uh, migrants, at least in that part of Texas. There's actually been a dramatic reduction in drownings in the river by more than 50 percent. 514, let's stay in Texas for a moment. A Texas man who tried to end his spouse's pregnancy by slipping her an abortion pill is going to go to prison. Mason Herring's wife, Catherine, telling reporters in Houston yesterday that she's furious the plea deal includes only six months in jail for her former husband. I do not believe that 180 days is justice for attempting to kill your child. When Herring gets out of prison, he'll spend 10 years on probation. He had been having an affair, wasn't happy when his wife told him that she was pregnant with their third child. He put the abortion drug in her water, sending her to the hospital. Their daughter was born prematurely and has developmental delays. For two years, my husband has overtly denied this assault. And I'm grateful today that he's finally admitted to his guilt. Yeah, but she says he got off way too easy. 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Friday. Hey, it's Super Bowl weekend, Justin Ellis. Yeah, looking forward to it. Know them all in and big, uh, you know, the big game. It is uh, the end of the NFL season. It goes so fast. My God. It does. It really is. Every year, every year, week one, you think it's... Uh, you think it's going to take a while, and then it doesn't. And then All what do sudden, we do next Sunday? That's the whole thing. Like, after this, it's I don't know. depressing. I don't know. I watch basketball or no, whatever? Oh, come on. Absolutely not, don't right? Silly. Then you got to inch oh. your way to the uh, to opening day. That's that's your next opportunity. No, no, March really. Madness. March Madness, yeah, right. you got to get to March Madness. You're right. you got March Madness early on in April, and then uh, at the end of April, or uh, not uh, early on in March, and then at the end of March, early April, you get baseball. That's true. All right, so it's just a couple weeks. Just a couple <laughs> Yeah, a couple of long weeks. Locally, uh, Noam, uh, we'll start here on the hardwood. We'll get to the Super Bowl coming up. But we were winless on the hardwood last night with both the Knicks and the Nets coming away with losses last night at the Garden. The Knicks fell 122-108 to 108 to the Dallas Mavericks thanks to, uh, thanks to Luka Doncic's 39 points. Dante DiVincenzo stayed red hot and scored 36 for the Knicks, who have lost two of three following a nine-game winning streak. Josh Hart had a season-high 23 points and added 12 assists and 10 rebounds for his second career triple-double, both in the last five games. All-Star Jim. Dylan Brunson couldn't play against his former team because of a sprained right ankle, joining all-star Julius Randle, OG Ananobi, and uh, Mitchell Robinson among sideline Knicks starters. The Knicks announced before the game that Ananobi had surgery to have a loose bone fragment removed from his right elbow. He would be evaluated in three weeks' time. They sent four players to the Detroit Pistons before yesterday's trade deadline in the deal for Bojan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks, leaving 
them just eight available players. Uh, Coach Tom Thibodeau did say that was more than enough until Isaiah Hardenstein was sidelined last night, uh, sat out the second half with a sore left Achilles tendon. Out in Brooklyn, Donovan Mitchell and the Cleveland Cavaliers handled the Nets pretty easily. Final score there, 118-95. Mikhail Bridges led Brooklyn with 26 points in its third straight loss. Cam Thomas added 17. The Nets have lost each of their three meetings against Cleveland, including the January 11th meeting in France. Brooklyn was busy yesterday at the trade deadline. They sent Spencer Dinwiddie to Toronto for Dennis Schroeder and Thaddeus Young and moved Rosso Nito Phoenix for Keita Bates-Diop and uh, Jordan Goodwin and two second-round picks. They also acquired the rights to Vanja Marankovic from Memphis. On the ice in Elmont last night, Matthew Barzell and Bo Horvat each had a goal and an assist, and the Islanders surged past the Tampa Bay Lightning 6-2, to two. and in Jersey, the Devils ended up on the losing end of things, falling 5-3 to three to the Calgary Flames. And before the Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers meet at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas for Super Bowl 58 on Sunday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time on CBS, where the Niners currently stand as one-and-a-half-point favorites, the best of the NFL gathered at the Resorts World Theater for yesterday's NFL Honors. Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson secured his second MVP award after winning it in 2019. San Francisco star running back Christopher McCaffrey, who you'll see on Sunday, won Offensive uh, Player of the Year. Houston Texans rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud took home Offensive Rookie of the Year Honors. Cleveland uh, Browns defensive end Miles Garrett won his first Defensive Player of the Year award. Texans defensive end Will Anderson Jr. won Defensive Rookie of the Year. Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski was voted Coach of the Year for the second time. And Cleveland quarterback Joe Flacco, he was Comeback Player of the Year. I know we were all rooting for that one at the end there. That's Sports Gnome, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. WABC Newstime 520. Empty office buildings creating more stress for smaller banks. This according to the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen. Interest rates are higher. Loans will have to be refinanced in an environment with higher interest charges, lower valuations, and rising vacancy rates. Of course, this is a huge issue here in the city. Janet Yellen speaking before Congress yesterday saying it's obvious there's going to be stress and losses that are associated with these empty buildings. There are some institutions that will face stresses from commercial real estate that we know is significantly impacted by the pandemic. But Yellen says she does not see commercial real estate vacancies creating a systematic risk to the country's financial system. Former Fox News host Tucker Carlson's two-hour interview with Russian President Vladimir Putin, it was released yesterday. The interview released on Carlson's website Thursday evening. It marked the first interview Putin has given to a Western journalist since the invasion of Ukraine almost two years ago. Carlson says he has a duty to tell the truth about what's happening in the war between Russia and Ukraine. He also claimed Western news outlets are pushing propaganda and Americans have the right to know what's actually going on. I'm Brian Shook. The White House pushing back against that interview, telling Americans they shouldn't take anything Vladimir Putin says at face value. I don't think the American people are going to be swayed by one single interview. And I think anybody that watches that interview, whatever whatever's said, remember, you're listening to Vladimir Putin. That's National Security Council spokesman John Kirby talking to reporters yesterday about that interview. He says Americans understand Russia has no grounds whatsoever to invade Ukraine. The American people know well. Who's at fault here? And I think they know that there was no ground whatsoever for the invasion on February 22nd, two years ago. It marked the first interview Putin has given uh, to a Western journalist anyway since the invasion of Ukraine almost two years ago. 
Valentine's Day is, well, it's less than a week away, right? It's Wednesday. Private investigators say the season of love apparently is also prime for stalkers. Well, that's nice. The guy keeps sending cards. Yes, at that time it does. And we've worked a lot of them in the past. Texas private investigator Charlie Parker there has worked cases involving both men and women stalkers. But a lot of times he says it's single women who are fighting off obsessive men uh, this time of year. And it can be dangerous. A study done by the American Bureau of Justice found that the most common forms of stalking around Valentine's Day come from unwanted email messages over social media. It may be stalking over the phone. It may be stalking over Facebook. And see, they block somebody, and that irritates them. You know what it says in the Bible, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. That's the truth. Yeah, I still don't have Valentine's plans. I better work on that. Walt Disney, ESPN, Fox, Warner Brothers, Discovery launching a joint streaming service later this year. On Tuesday, the companies announced they plan to release the sports streaming service sometime in the fall. The platform doesn't have a name yet, but the companies say it will consist of all the broadcast and cable networks owned by Disney, Fox, and Warner Brothers that carry sports, which includes ESPN+. Subscribers will also be able to bundle the product with Disney+, Hulu, and Max. I'm Brian Shook. Yeah, just what we need is another app or service or streaming service to pay for. Prepare to sacrifice if you want to see the Super Bowl in person. There are a fair amount of tickets available on places like StubHub today. Uh, and there are actually a couple good deals out there, but it's only for those single one-off tickets. So if you're okay watching the Super Bowl by yourself or next to people you've never met before, you might get a halfway decent deal. Sometimes going by yourself may, may sound strange going to a sporting event, but I, I can assure you there's probably you know 70,000 plus other sports fans that you could uh, high-five during the game. Yeah, that's StubHub's Adam Budelli, who says uh, he's looking and he sees tickets available. The best deals, again, those single tickets. So if you're okay going alone. Well, you know, we always recommend do not go out and rush and purchase tickets right after your team clinches their berth in the, you know, in their conference championship game. The market typically will set, uh, you know, kind of in terms of the max amount of inventory about a week before the game. Yes, so what we're seeing today, the average ticket for the Super Bowl, 8600 bucks, which is the highest average ever, ever, uh, ever, I should say. And every year, of course, it goes up. The game at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, 38% of the ticket sales so far have been to people in California. So the thought is maybe the majority of fans watching that game Sunday night will be San Francisco 49er fans. Of course, commercials always big. Martin Scorsese, his daughter, Francesca, going to be featured in an for Squarespace during the Super Bowl. <laughs> this one is like Upper East Side, right? the New Yorker and all that. You know? Yeah, so apparently it's based on their TikTok videos. I have not seen them, which have gone viral, and you'll see a little bit of that on Sunday night. Carl Weathers, who, of course passed away last weekend is still going to appear in a FanDuel commercial this weekend. The Rocky actor died Thursday in his sleep. FanDuel said it would make adjustments to the commercial, which already showed Weathers and teasers, but he will still appear in the online sports betting platform's ads. The company's executive vice president of marketing said the Weathers family has been very supportive that they would still like to see Carl in the commercials. I'm Lisa Taylor. Yeah, that'd be terrible if they took him out. A record 68 million Americans expected to bet on the Super Bowl. That's according to a new survey from the American Gaming Association. The number of Americans placing bets on the Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers game is up 35% from last year. It's likely because legal sports betting has exploded in popularity. I'm Mark Mayfield. Everybody trying to figure out who's going to win this game. you got to think it's Kansas City. But a large catfish 
at the Des Moines Blank Park Zoo has made its Super Bowl pick. After about 10 minutes, he chose Kansas City. So that's Ryan Bickle, the zookeeper there. They keep two different fish feeders, one for Kansas City, the other for San Francisco. Bickle says their animals have a good Super Bowl pick by which one they feed at first. That's their pick for the Super Bowl. They say out of the last 13 Super Bowls, they have chosen correctly the catfish. So, again, they pick Kansas City. Of course, the Super Bowl, not the only big game this weekend. There's the Puppy Bowl as well. Shelters and rescues all over this country are full and we really need people to consider adoption. So if you are able to open up your home and your hearts to a new furry friend, please consider uh, visiting your local shelter or rescue. Yeah, all these puppies that play in the Puppy Bowl over the weekend, Team Rough and Team Fluff are up for adoption. Stocks closed higher yesterday. Wall Street, S&P 500 continue to hover around 5,000 as it took a hit that marks for the first time ever. Meanwhile, or it hit that mark for the first time ever, I should say. Meanwhile, Disney saw its best Best day since December 2020 after yesterday's first quarter earnings report. At the closing bell, the Dow gained 49 points. S&P 500 rose three. The Nasdaq added 37 points. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Friday, February 9th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mix of sun and clouds today, high 53. And then the weekend, pretty nice. Saturday, cloudy, high 55. Sunday clouds in the morning, sunshine in the afternoon, high 51. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 38 and cloudy in Bronxville up in Westchester County. 39 and cloudy in Belleville down in New Jersey. And it's 40 and overcast here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour out on Long Island, the third congressional district race to fill that seat that George Santos was expelled from back in December. Parts of Long Island and Queens. It was the first and only debate between Mozzie Pillup, the Republican candidate, though she's a Democrat, but the person on the Republican ticket, and Democrat Tom Swazi. They're both trying to get this seat. Tom Swazi, of course, held it before and gave it up to run for governor. Now he wants that seat back. Mozzie Pillip is a Nassau County lawmaker, relative newcomer. Immediately in this debate last night, the gloves came off, a lot of it over the migrant crisis. George Santos got elected by lying about his record. Ms. Pillip wants to get elected by lying about me. And let's move on to so, another topic. So, well, okay? Let me just say, let, the let's, idea let's that move on. I Tom, let's caused move on. this problem... Is absurd. This has been a problem for 35 years. A lot of the debate kind of sounded like that. The debate arrived as this new poll shows the race for the seat remains really tight with Swazi up by four points, which is in the margin of error. You know what caused the problem? It's extremism. No, you you, you belong to that side of the party. Building the wall, increase more uh, control, border control numbers, and on top of it, we have to make sure we need to be tight when it comes to asylum seeker. Yeah, so that was uh, kind of what it sounded like all night long. They were interrupting each other, uh, trying to get their message out. Uh, here they were talking about the salt tax. You increase taxes. Explain yourself. As a county executive, you increase taxes. As a mayor of I'll Tampa, explain myself. you increase taxes. Yeah, so Nassau County. I, the, 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 the possibility of you bringing salt deduction here is absolutely zero. And I know when I'm going to go to Congress, I will bring salt deduction. 
back okay. to New Yorkers. No specifics. Yeah, so uh, he kept pointing out that Mozzie wasn't giving lots of specifics. She kept pointing out that he was in Congress when the migrant mess began. On abortion, here they are. Are you yes, saying that you're pro-choice? Uh, are you pro-choice? Every woman should have that right. Well, that's about laws. Me, I'm not going to tell her what to do. And I made it so clear. It's so personal to me. So you're you, pro-choice. Uh, again, this is a personal choice. Yeah, I don't know that uh, any undecided voter may have come out of that with any firm decision. At least that was my take on it. I've been credited by every single newspaper outside good government groups and others with turning Nassau County and bringing it off the brink of a fiscal disaster. Yeah, so Republicans are pretty good usually at their turnout operation on Long Island. The Democrats, of course, have the fact that Swazi is well-known going for them, but everything shows this rate is, is awfully tight, and it takes place next Tuesday. Early voting ends tomorrow, so you have one more day to do that. Uh, here in the city yesterday... There was a press conference at City Hall among these workers who were fired during the COVID mandate uh, where you had to get a shot or you'd lost your job. About 96 percent, maybe a little more of city workers complied with that during the de Blasio days. And now you have these workers who've come forward who had lost their jobs for not getting the shot, begging to get those jobs back. And now they have some support. From a number of city council members, city council's Common Sense Caucus looking to pass a resolution in support of state legislation from Senator Andrew Laza that would require the city to reinstate these employees who were terminated for failing to comply with the vaccine mandate at the time. And it was kind of sad to watch these guys. So many of them just loved what they did and have been on the outs. Uh, but the problem is the city says they can get their jobs back, but they would have to sort of start from the beginning. They wouldn't get the seniority that they had. They'd be required to sign a waiver barring them from suing over back pay. And so a lot of workers say they don't want to do that. Calling for the fired and banned unvaccinated workers to be rehired. They will not sign a waiver. And they will continue to sue. Downright stupid. And if this stupidity keeps purveying, we're going to keep going to court. We're going to keep pushing legislation. We're going to keep pushing back as long as we possibly need to. A lot of these NYPD cops and FDNY firefighters who showed up at this press conference yesterday worked through a lot of the COVID epidemic, putting their lives at risk, but did not want to get the shot for religious reasons, others. And uh, here's one police officer who was there yesterday who said, you know, I just love being a cop. I want to go back to doing that. I was there. I did my duties. And afterwards, the the uh, department says, no, thank you for your service. We don't need your service anymore. Every time I see the, the car speeding to an emergency, I, I, you know, there's a part of me that wishes I could jump in and join him. And I, I miss helping people, you know? Yeah, once a cop, always a cop. And it doesn't seem like this will change, but some city council members are trying to change it so these people can get their jobs back without losing everything that they had accumulated over the time they worked both for the NYPD and the FDNY. WABC News Time 540 investigation underway after a woman discovered dead by a maid inside a Soho hotel yesterday. The victim 
detectives say was 38 years old, discovered in her room at the Soho 54 Hotel. This was about 1030 yesterday. Some guests who were in the room next to her, uh, her pounding as the manager of the hotel tried to let the person know inside that they were trying to get in. Just this morning, they were like knocking on the door really loud. And that's what woke us up. We were like, hello, hello. Like he was like, hello, hello, hello. And they said there was like prescription pills in there. That's when they called in the NYPD, the FDNY. They broke into this room or used a key anyway to get into this room. They found this woman blunt force trauma to her head, a bloody iron discovered next to her. Detectives looking to see if all that contributed to her death. So we were like, I mean, I kind of assumed she wasn't alive because the door was open and they were like, she has no pulse. And it was like a good hour before they even like the fire department came of them banging on the door next to us. Like being like, hello, hello, hello. That's always pleasant to have next to you in a hotel room. Medical examiner will determine the cause of death, but detectives perceiving it as if it's a homicide. Let's go up to the Hudson Valley. The Clarkstown School Board holding a meeting last night to address the district's recent adoption of New York State law that allows students and faculty to utilize bathrooms and locker rooms based on their gender expression. The policy sparked a whole lot of debate, as you might guess, and concern among some members of the community. There was a lot of shouting, some strong feelings on both sides of the bathroom policy last night. Most students who go to the school, though, sounded like this one last night. So they didn't ask the students what they thought. I th- I'm not against gender-neutral bathrooms, locker rooms. I'm just against making a male bathroom or a female bathroom gender-neutral. They can have their own space. Some students expressed safety concerns referencing this high-profile incident took place in a Virginia high school where a female student was allegedly attacked in a women's bathroom by a male student who was wearing a skirt. Officials investigating after an officer rescued a young boy from a house fire in West Islip yesterday morning. Police officer Richard Sinise broke into this home on Dogwood Road and pulled out this 10-year-old who was still in the home. And then they realized once they pulled him and his brother out that the parents were not home. Four minutes for us to get here. Minutes and seconds count. So being prepared, knowing what to do definitely uh, saves lives. Yeah, they definitely saved these boys' lives. The two boys being treated for smoke inhalation expected to be okay. Meantime, the boy's mother was at work at the time of the fire. And the father was not home. So the investigation going to go a little bit deeper there. While we're out on Long Island, an employee at a Copeg car dealership says thieves stole 10 BMWs overnight. Worker says uh, he noticed something was off when he came into work and noticed that the lights would not come on. And then he noticed two cars were missing from the showroom. We start seeing cabinets are destroyed. Paperwork is all ruffled up. So at that point, we're like, okay, then... Let me go to the key room. I go to the key room and I see all of our BMW keys are gone. Yeah, 10 BMWs in all stolen from this dealership. This has become a problem on Long Island. Just a week ago, eight vehicles were taken from a dealership in Inwood. Suffolk County Police don't have a whole lot of information on this. All they know is the car is no longer there. Let's go nearby over to Queens where police are searching for a package thief there. This is one where I was watching the video this morning. And it's a woman, which is unusual, a woman dressed completely in an Amazon outfit. You know, the blue and sort of light blue, dark blue. I'm sure you've seen these guys walking around your neighborhood. Caught on camera, walking into a Jackson Heights building and heading straight to the area where the packages are delivered. And, of course, nobody bats an eye because it looks like an Amazon worker. She proceeds to then take a bunch of packages with her. 
And uh, this victim here was uh, waiting for a package full of clothes worth about 400 bucks. was kind of bummed out that that was one of the packages she took out of the building. I was incredibly upset, to, to say the least, when this happened. You feel violated when something like that is stolen. That if they're going to be a criminal, they want to steal something. They know that this is a prime location. It happens up and down this area, and it's been happening more. So apparently this woman is just told stolen tons of stuff. I mean, it's kind of ingenious to put on an Amazon outfit and go steal packages. Nobody's going to really look too hard at you, but so far they haven't been able to find her. There are some pretty good shots of her face. I guess at some point somebody will turn her in. 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellick. Thank you, Noah Malayden, locally here. Did I talk slow enough so you could get seated? And I know, that was actually, see, I was going to play it off like it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> but, you know, if you want to acknowledge it and... Well, I did slow down very slowly. I know. Because I saw you walking past me. I thought you were in there. <laughs> I noticed. I, <laughs> and I started to speed walk a little bit when, you right, once I heard you say, you know, give, they give out the timestamp. That's you, my uh, That's good, my cue. You're a good man. Yeah. Well, you are as well. Thank you. And a good Jew, by the way. <laughs> Locally, we I'm were. I'm not like uh, Sid, though. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Locally, uh, no, and we were winless on the hardwood last night, both the Knicks and Nets coming away with the losses. At the Garden, the Knicks fell 122-108 to 108 to the Dallas Mavericks, thanks to, uh, thanks to Luka Doncic's 39 points. Dante DiVincenzo, he stayed red hot with his 36 for the Knicks, who have lost two of three following a nine-game winning streak. Josh Hart had a season-high 23 points and added 12 assists and 10 rebounds for his second career triple-double, uh, both in the last five games. All-star jo- uh, Jalen Brunson couldn't play against his former team because of a sprained right ankle, joining All-Star Julius Randall, OG Ananobi, and Mitchell Robinson among sideline Knicks starters. The Knicks have announced before the game that Ananobi had surgery to have a loose bone fragment re- uh, removed from his right elbow, and he'd be evaluated in three weeks. They sent four players to the Detroit Pistons before yesterday's trade deadline in the deal for Bojan Bogdanovic and Alec Burks, leaving them just eight available players. And that was set. That number turned into seven after uh, Isaiah Hardenstein was sidelined in the second half yesterday with a sore left Achilles tendon. Out in Brooklyn, Donovan Mitchell and the Cleveland Cavaliers handled the Nets pretty easily. Final score there, 118-95. to Mikael Bridges led Brooklyn with 26 points in its third straight loss. Cam Thomas added 17. The Nets have lost each of their three meetings against Cleveland this season. Brooklyn was busy yesterday at the trade deadline. They spent, uh, they sent, I should say, Spencer Dinwiddie to Toronto for Dennis Schroeder and Thaddeus Young and moved Royce O'Neal to Phoenix for Kata Bates-Diop, uh, Jordan Goodwin, and two second-round picks. They also acquired the rights to Vanja Marinkovic from Memphis. On the ice in Elmont last night, Matthew Barzell and Paul Horvat each had a goal and an assist. And then the New York Islanders surged past the Tampa Bay Lightning 6-2. to And in Jersey, the Devils ended up on the losing end of things, falling 5-3 to to the Calgary Flames. And before the Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers meet at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas for Super Bowl 58 on Sunday at 6.30 p.m. on CBS, the Niners currently stand as one-and-a-half-point favorites there. The best of the NFL gathered at the Resorts World Theater for yesterday's NFL Honors. Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson secured his second MVP award after winning it in 2019. San Francisco star running back Christian McCaffrey, who you see on Sunday, won Offensive Player of the Year. Houston Texans rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud took home Offensive Rookie of the Year honors. Cleveland Browns defensive end Miles Garrett won his first Defensive Player of the Year award. Texans defensive end Will Anderson Jr. won Defensive Rookie of the Year. Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski was voted Coach of the Year for the second time, and Cleveland quarterback Joe Flacco was Comeback Player of the Year. That is sports. Give me a score. Final score of the game. 
final score of the game on uh, on Sunday. I'll go 27-24. I think it's going to be close. Who? Kansas City? No, San Francisco. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I think they covered that one-and-a-half point spread. It's been shrinking very, very slowly all week, but uh, I think it started at two-and-a-half. Now it's down to one-and-a-half. I think they covered that and uh, come and away win. with the win. All right. Well, I'm writing that down now so we can make fun Well, they're the good guys. Noam, you have to root for them. <laughs> okay. Wow, that's fascinating. It is. <laughs> <laughs> that has changed my whole outlook on the game. <laughs> yeah, now. Let's catch you up on some of the bigger stories of the morning. One of them was last night in Times Square. Bullets fired. A tourist shot in the leg at a sporting goods store, 42nd Street. It was... Three shoplifters who walked into JD Sports on West 42nd Street. This was about 7.15 last night. They are migrants that live in a nearby shelter. They tried to steal some items from the store. A security guard yanked the bag of the stolen merchandise away from one of them. That's when one of these three opened fire, pulled out a gun, fired off a shot. It did not hit the security guard, but it did hit a tourist who is here from Brazil, Brazil, inside the store. She was shot in the leg. We heard a pop back there. Um, and then probably 100, 150 police officers started running up the street, tons of cop cars. We saw um, dogs sniffing around. Uh, the cops had a sandal that the dog was smelling, and they were trying to say, hey, go, go find this smell. Yeah, so cops were able to nab two of these guys pretty quickly. The third one, the one who was the gunman, shed his clothes. He had a white jacket on, sandals, and then raced down the subway stairs, was able to get away. Police think it won't be long until they find him. He ran down towards 47th Street and 6th Avenue. He fired off shots at police officers who were chasing him. Thank God he missed them. The cops did not return fire. That's when the shooter then ducked into the subway. Here's uh, John Shell talking about this last night from the NYPD. At this point, we have numerous resources scouring this area looking for that male. The other person was brought back to the precinct, but he is there right now. So we're looking for one male. He is your shooter. He shot at our cops not once but twice. And also shot an innocent female one time in the leg. NYPD telling all three of these men, uh, who are between 15 and 20 years old, young, living in migrant shelters in Times Square. The brazen robbery comes just two days after three migrants allegedly tried to use a woman's stolen credit card at that very same Midtown clothing store. The other big story last night, the president, President Biden, not going to face criminal charges related to the documents found at his home. White House correspondent Mike Mamoli says both the president's White House counsel and personal attorney noted that the president cooperated with the special counsel. Nevertheless, the most important decision the special counsel made that no charges are warranted is firmly based on the facts and the evidence. Yes, so the investigation focused on documents related to Biden's time as vice president. Members of Biden's legal team found classified papers at the office of Biden's Washington think tank and then at his home in Wilmington, Delaware. The report claimed, however, that Biden's practices present serious risks to national security. And they added the president portrayed himself as an elderly man with a poor memory. And you can guess that none of that's going over well. President Biden plans to take new substantive action to help prevent such mistakes in the future. All right. So those are his uh, that's a uh, rather the reporter working on the story. The president 
uh, getting a lot of pushback, of course, about the fact that his memory in this report, they say, is not so good. And uh, you have Republicans and Democrats, by the way, questioning the pre- uh, president's mental fitness this morning, including Texas Republican Congressman Pat Fallon. I'm really alarmed because the fate of humanity rest uh, upon the job that the person that holds this office does. And Joe Biden is clearly incapable of it. Certain memories are seared into your mind if you're healthy. And that is like when, unfortunately, your son dies. You know the year. You know when you served as vice president of the United States. So then the president last night, very hastily put together press conference trying to take control of the narrative of the special counsel report, invited reporters into the White House, uh, calling out the special counsel who investigated how he handled those classified documents. I've seen the headlines since the report was released about my willful retention of documents. These assertions are not only misleading, they're just plain wrong. So there's no charges, but really the narrative and what people wanted to talk about at this press conference last night, at least the reporters, were the fact that this report said the president's memory was not good. And uh, so they asked, are you qualified to be president and to run for another four years? I'm well-meaning, I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation president says he's the best choice still to defeat Trump come November. I'm the most qualified person in this country to be president of the United States and finish the job I started. Yeah, but there's been a lot of confusing moments this week. Uh, confusing European leaders with their dead predecessors. Here's the White House press secretary. It happens to all of us, and it is common. He did it a couple times this week, confusing Helmut Kohl for Chancellor Angela Merkel, uh, Francis Mitterrand for French President Emmanuel Macron. That was twice this week. And then last night during that press conference, uh, the president confused the Egypt president, uh, the president of Egypt, with the president of Mexico. Uh, at least in this case, both of those people are still alive. They haven't been dead for a while. And then, of course, you had former President Trump reacting to the hearing before the Supreme Court about this group of Colorado voters who want his name removed from the ballot in the state's Republican primary. Well, I'm a believer in our country and I'm a believer in the Supreme Court. Uh, I listened today and I thought our arguments were very, very strong. Trump says he thought the case was well received by the nation's highest court. Lots of pundits on both sides of the aisle agree with that. Colorado Supreme Court had sided with these Colorado voters who sued to remove Trump's name, claiming he's ineligible to run under the 14th Amendment due to his alleged actions on January 6, 2021. But he's not been found guilty of anything, so uh, we'll see what happens. Can you take the person that's leading everywhere and say, hey, we're not going to let you run? You know, I think that's pretty tough to do, but uh, I'm leaving it up to the Supreme Court. It's unfortunate that we have to go through a thing like that. I consider it to be... More election interference by the Democrats is what they're doing. This is just one day in the election process, and it's already exhausting. <laughs> is anybody with me on this? So it will be a very interesting time leading up to Election Day. No two ways about it.